0: less than 24 hours, Georgians will be under a shelter-in-place order. McDonald, though, said he did not know the man was handcuffed and was trying to use his foot to pin him to the ground so he could be handcuffed. If your friends, neighbors, or local organizations are not complying, report them to us. Howdy, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Free Georgia Podcast. My name is Jake Green. Man, do we have a lot of news coming out this past week. It has been a crapshoot of information, protests, riots, violence, peace, all of it. And uh, we are not going to get into it. That's right. We're not going to talk about Roe v. Wade um, on this podcast. I don't think that it's an appropriate thing to talk about um, on, on this particular podcast because there are good libertarian arguments on both sides of the abortion debate. And while I do have my own personal stance, which you can find on Twitter, Instagram, yada, yada, yada. I don't think that this podcast should offer up any kind of stance other than just show some compassion folks. Like don't rail on people for having one opinion. Um, both sides have actually legitimate arguments and, um, there's just no reason to uh spew hatred or anything like that towards towards the, uh, anybody on the other side of this debate even if even if they're spewing hatred at you fight hate with love y'all um two gun things happened this past week uh which I'm sure we'll get into here in a little bit um one good one terrible um but The majority of our time today is going to be focused on the governor candidate here in Georgia, Mr. Shane Hazel. Uh, We're going to be interviewing him and talking to him primarily about Bitcoin, um, as well as some other things with his campaign. But today we're going to focus on Bitcoin since it is crypto month here at the LP. So let's get to it. All right folks, I now have Shane Hazel on the line. He is running for Governor of Georgia. Some people are calling him the Bitcoin Governor, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um Shane, welcome to the Free Georgia podcast. Mr.
1: Green, good to be with you. This is awesome, man. I mean, the fact that you have got a podcast now and and like now that we get to like go, kind of go back and forth in the state of Georgia, we are effectively, I'd say, multiplying. I know this has been around for a while, but I think now, um, with messaging and everything else that's, uh, you know, coming into, um, you know, more of a, a Ron Paul revolution type of manifestation, man. I'm, I'm excited.
0: Nice. Yeah. I love it. Um, full disclosure, I am shooting a documentary about Shane's run for governor. So we've gotten to know each other fairly well over the last year, um, taking fire together i mean we are brothers <laughs> yes. for life now yes we have um this interview won't at all be biased like at all it it, it won't feel like uh, purely one sided. <laughs> i'm just kidding it's gonna be slightly biased um well before we get into the bitcoin stuff why don't we talk about a couple of the gun crap that happened last week um the good half good stuff, half right? bad yeah, I mean, yeah, it was half and half, mixed bag. Um, why don't we talk about the Scotus's deal first, their uh, New York ruling? Uh, yeah, uh, I thought it was,
1: you know, absolutely awesome. I mean, the fact that we've got um, the Supreme Court that just came out and I, I guess kind of just put their their thumb down a little bit on this idea that obviously you have the right to carry, right? Like that's it. Like that that's what they said. They said you have the right to to carry on your person outside of your home. Which I I don't know. In in what world in in America? Like yeah, I mean any, anybody looking at outside of America would go, yeah, of course. You know those guys run around with six shooters on their hips all the time, right? Like that's just the law, but that's not been the law, right? And so. Uh, for the the Supreme Court to come in and uh, push an opinion uh, for the in in favor of the gun crowd and for people to arm themselves outside of the home, it's just like, yeah, man, this this seems right. It seems what America should be all about. That's what I was told it was all about when I was a kid, um, and now finally there's a little bit of reflection for that. So, you know, the guys in Chicago, New York, um, Detroit all over California and the West coast and any other progressive city. Let's face it. You know, they're popping up all over the place. Um, man, I'll tell you what criminals may be thinking a little, a little more, uh, diligently about who they're going after in some of these neighborhoods. And and rightly so, man. I mean, look, look at Chicago for God's sakes. Just, I mean, 30 people shot on, on a weekend nor, on a very normal basis. Like it's yeah, that's average. Yeah. So good. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, of where they're headed with all, you know, the, the the rights of, uh, just normal, you know, peaceful people.
0: Nice. Um, what do you think about the uproar? I mean, it's obviously there with the Roe v Wade stuff, but also with this particular ruling, um, that this is not part of the democratic process. This is not the people's voice being heard. Um, what are your thoughts on that? the, the, so those people,
1: obviously, it's it's the same crowd all the time. um It's okay one way, but it's not okay the other way. I mean, Roe versus Wade was this way because of the Supreme Court for God knows how many years, right? So it's the same thing with guns. Like when when you're looking at this from a I, I don't know, just a, a logical point of view, like, well, hey, man, the Supreme Court says it was this way for this long, and now it's this way for you know whatever it. I don't know. Maybe maybe us as libertarians maybe we can explain this to people who are new to being libertarian or who are curious about libertarian ideas, right? Is like we kind of see this whole thing as a disaster. The the Supreme Court, the Article 3, the Article 2 of the the executive and the Article 1, none of it functions as it normally should. We're not living in a constitutional republic. We're living in a post-constitutional republic. And therefore you know, I guess the, the the argument now arises like if the Supreme Court, let's just let's give them let's give the the progressives and the left and the Democrats all like, yeah, you know what? Let's just say they're right. The Supreme Court has lost their mind. They are now an illegitimate uh, organization within inside the government that's it, that's run away. They've betrayed their oaths. They've lied under oath to get where they are. OK, I agree with you. Right. I I, I 100% agree with you. Let's abolish the entire thing. Let's abolish DC. The thing is, they won't meet you there. I think some people are growing to that idea. I think cross country people are growing to that idea, but it just goes to, you know, to show, I think everybody that, man, this, this whole thing is illegitimate. That's what I think people need to start taking away is this government, especially at the federal level is absolutely 100% illegitimate it is not part of its you know within its constitutional parameters right it, it's no longer abiding by this piece of piece of parchment which let's face it it hasn't for a couple hundred years now and it's maybe just time to start thinking about life outside of what you were taught in government indoctrination camps right it's like hey, yeah maybe we don't need a supreme court to tell us what's good and righteous or what's terrible and awful or or whatever maybe we don't need an executive maybe we don't need a useless congress made up of you know the 435 individuals that have sold us out that have you know left and right republican and democrat put us in 30 trillion dollars worth of debt You know, and and God knows the the executive that's put us in, you know, wars around the world has made us responsible for places like Yemen and kids that are starving. And and I don't know. Am I allowed to swear on this show? Probably. I
0: think we're trying to keep it family friendly.
1: Let's keep it family friendly. Um, (laughs) You know, these (laughs) these young kids. Yeah. these, (laughs) these, These young kids. Yeah, And that's the thing is there are kids in Yemen that are literally starving because the U S president won't get hard on places like Saudi Arabia to say mm-hmm. enough is enough, right? Like we're done. The blockades are over. We're going to make sure that these people um, have at least trade open to them um, and charity open to them. So I, I think it's, I think the case to be made here is not so much that, Oh yeah, Democrats you're wrong that, you know, these, these, institutions and government have lost quote unquote faith no you're exactly right now let's push it to the next phase of this let's end it let's just be done with each other and and get a a peaceful divorce while we
0: still can how do you approach people with that idea because the only time the only thing people think about when you talk about secession is civil war and people get so entrenched on their sides, on their teams, um, that they f- tend to fail to see reality mm-hmm. and, and exactly what you're talking about how the whole friggin' system is corrupt and problematic and not actually working for anybody except itself. Um, so, like, what would be your first approach to, let's just say, a Republican? Um, who has no interest in secession, just wants to be a part of these here, United States. And uh, how would you you do that tactfully? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, America, MAGA, let's go. (laughs) Right, like, and and I don't want to, you know, like, listen, there there are a lot of people from outside of the South that are Republicans that are not MAGA and all, like, listen, I understand. And, you know, I'm I'm having a little fun uh, at, at the at the behalf of how you're, um, I don't know, kind of portrayed to the nation. Yeah. Um, man. You, I think you got to really take a look at what this nation has become. And it's not that we, um, I, I think most people like the idea of America and, and, you know, this, this really unified, amazing country that can do some things where they all agree and they put their minds to some things and they go, yeah, let's, let's get together and do something awesome. The problem is, is between the politician, the banking cabal and the zombie corporations that are out there that exist because of the first two. um, You've gotten to the point where we are insolvent. We're 30 trillion dollars in debt. There's never like we're not going to ever pay it down. I mean, the Republicans going to pay it down. No, they're not. The Democrats going to pay it down. No, they're not. Are the libertarians going to pay it down if we ever come to power? Uh no, we're we're definitely going to default, and uh you know that's the thing is we uh, with with that all being said is like listen guys, I think we could be far more effective within our own lives, within our own communities, within you know states. Maybe like eh, it's kind of a dirty word, but it's like the 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 more we decentralize, the more we can put our hands on people that might be in government. And, you know whether it's the sheriffs or the mayors or their you know, the, the state assembly members or whoever it is, like we can put our hands on those people and they're non-violently, all, right? not, yes, non-violently. <laughs> um, and at that point, we can start to influence what's going on around us. We can start to make sure that our, our rights are recognized, that, you know, you have all the rights within the Bill of Rights, plus all that are reserved to you under the Ninth Amendment. That's the, the vision that you're going to force and coerce people to be your countrymen is really an odd, you know, um, I don't know, kind of, it, it's an odd conundrum for an American to even make. Like, you want to force people to be American? No, man, you want people to be American by choice. You want people to say, yeah, you know what, like, this this seems like a really good idea. The problem is, is I think there's a growing number of people that don't think that this is a good idea anymore, that think that, Oh man, we are on a suicide pact right now. The, our, our foreign intervention, our foreign policy, our, our fiscal irresponsibility and just mayhem um, has kind of led us to a point where the, the people who are quote unquote elected to office are really just placeholders that get up there before cameras and they argue and they don't really have any sense of what's, you know, in what's, the, the problems in your life and the problem is is they've invaded and infected every facet of it and perverted it to the point where it's politicized kind of like a, a bot bi- where you're you've you've got a, a binary choice whether it's republican or democrat in terms of the way they are going to address those um problems with their solutions and and the, at the end of the day That binary action when we have nuance down to the individual in in our society doesn't make any sense anymore. It's like you need to be able to solve your own problems and you need the freedom to do that. And the last thing that government ever does is protect your life, liberty, and freedom. They exist at the expense of your life, liberty, and freedom. And that's, I, I think, probably the perfect way to help Republicans in this space understand that you're going to be better off without government. You're going to be better off without that added layer of government, especially when it comes to taxes and everything else.
0: Yeah, I think it's safe to say the best thing about the United States is the people in it, not the government of it, um, which would be my favorite argument to use because when you think of, I don't know, when, like I grew up Republican. When you think of the United States, I don't think of the politicians in Washington, D.C. I think of all the people that, you know, across the nation that I've met and love and have had good times with. Um,
1: Yeah, it's funny because I'm sure a lot of those people don't agree with
0: you on anything. Most people don't agree with me on anything.
1: (laughs) So is the life of being a libertarian.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the other gun crap that happened last week. Um, A bill landed on Biden's desk that imposes a whole bunch of restrictions what is your take on uh, some of these deals?
1: red flag laws man i can't wait to start getting the names and addresses of government agents and stripping them down like i'm, I'm telling you like i'm going on the offense jake i am so you're
0: going to use the red flag laws to oh i'm going to find out
1: who these these federal agents are uh and i'm going to start calling the authorities on the federal agents i mean you had obviously this is draconian i don't agree with red flag laws nor do i want to get anybody hurt but the thing is is these red flag laws i said it last week this is going to cost people their lives in certain places where they go oh yeah yeah let's go let's mm-hmm. go get them right cuz it's going to happen the northeast yep. the, the, the west coast they're, they're going to do this kind of stuff and they're going to they're going to go after people and they're going to hey man this guy's a threat to society based on the fact that he's got a maga flag or he's got a trump flag or or whatever i don't i mean you know unfortunately we've seen this play out um they killed a young man named duncan Lemp years ago no you know came to his door to take his guns because quote unquote somebody i think it was actually a family member they called in and said he's you know he's not only a threat to society he's a threat to himself or something and they went and he was like "Mm -mm, you're not confiscating my guns it escalated to the point where you know the I guess there were shots fired in in both directions and they, they killed Duncan Lemp. No, no, they shot through the window. They shot him in his sleep, didn't they? Yeah. They shot him.
0: He he was getting up and got shot. I think And his girlfriend was lying in the bed next to him.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, we've seen this play out. We know what's going to happen. And here's the other thing is uh, to all the, 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 the quote unquote law enforcement that's going to find out the hard way, like, man americans are not going to be down right now with gun confiscation in the least and um, the red flag laws you know obviously push what was left of the fourth amendment and the fifth amendment out the window mm-hmm. um, and i guess the right to a speedy trial um of your peers uh also out the window it's like yeah. civil asset forfeiture all over again man it's just another way to do it and now this time it, it takes your gun so you know i I don't know, it's probably going to make its way to the Supreme Court if it's still around by then. And I imagine, uh, you know, Mr., uh, I should say Justice Thomas uh, is going to love throwing that back in the face of Joe Biden 30 plus years later, which, I mean, you've seen the memes running around like 30 years later, you know, <laughs> Clarence Thomas is getting even with Joe Biden. Um, I think it's going to be glorious. But yeah, you know, we've got some, we've got some major issues right now um, where there are going to be organizations, I think, you know, I don't think most states are going to be immune to this, um, you know, type of tyrannical overreach, and I think it's going to cost people their lives, both in law enforcement and you know peaceful people in this country.
0: I agree. I mean, I think the worst thing you can do is try to go after somebody's guns because the only retaliation is to use those guns. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. I mean, in this day and age, it's like. Oof. Boy, um cattle cars seem like they're getting closer and closer. And if they come <laughs> to your door, oh boy, I, I, I think if I leave my guns here and I go unarmed with whoever I need to go with, man, at the end of the day, I don't have the means of resistance anymore as soon as they come there. So I don't know. My, my thought to everybody is uh, don't ever be extracted from your home. And at this yes. point, you need to understand you are at war, uh, both and it's it's kind of a soft war right now because they haven't said, you know. I guess they haven't said some some of the bureauc- uh, bureaucrats and bureaucracies have labeled some of us radicals, and um, <laughs> have really, about <laughs> and, and and you know obviously have you know probably uh, put together your social credit scores and everything else. And you should you should act as if uh, the government in D.C., especially, is a hostile force. And anybody that's coming to your door that's t- telling you that they're going to confiscate your stuff, I think this point uh, is uh, is also a hostile force.
0: Yeah, completely agree.
1: Um, Let's talk about your campaign. What, uh, about I got a great committee. I'll tell you what, man, guys that go right out and they're, <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, what, should we talk about this a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about liberty campaigns for people out there that want to know how to run liberty campaigns. Yeah. Um, people That's a difficult in,
0: thing to do.
1: Yeah, people in the liberty space, I don't think that are coming to liberty space from either Democrats or Republicans. You guys think that we've got this built-in apparatus like the Republicans and Democrats. We, we don't. Um, we are hobbyists. We are political hobbyists, right? <laughs> don't want to do any of this kind of stuff. We don't want to be in politics. We want to enjoy our lives. Uh, and enjoy the people around us and not do any of this so it's really bad that we're involved it's also extremely bad when you have people like hermit hillbilly veterans that just want to farm a mountainside like want to be mountain farmers right it's kind of the worst kind of farming you could possibly do like that's what this guy wants to do and he wants to be left alone when those guys are jumping into races oh man the the political establishment is in trouble especially when they're gaining traction when people are Mm -hmm. coming to here so we are broke right like like we don't we don't have millions of dollars we don't have um you know the tons and tons of people in the apparatus so the fact that we have volunteers show up for this campaign guys that want to like work in in liberty and make a difference is critical it's absolutely, I, I think, outside of the person that decides to run, right? Is like, no, well, you you can run for almost anything at state level in Georgia, right? Right like, now, a lot of qualifiers <laughs> in there, right? So, once you get to that point, though, like finding a volunteer base that's got the energy and the bandwidth and believes in a message enough, and maybe even the messenger. Um, Enough to dedicate part of their life to the fight, to the raising of funds, to pushing out material, to push the you know, swag or whatever. All the different aspects of a campaign. Uh, you've got the makings of not only a campaign, but a rebellion at this point, which I think is absolutely one of the coolest things in the world, right? Is like, I think my first campaign, I had to hire, you know, my my manager and my help. Uh, my second campaign, it was 2020. And so like, you know, being out in public, that's not a really cool thing to do anyway. Um, so I just kind of ran a campaign. And now that it's 2022 and people have kind of figured out the game and we've got, you know, a little bit of name recognition and a, a pass. I think it is such a telling thing for people to see, like, this isn't done overnight. This isn't one of those things where you just sign up and hey, oh yeah, everybody's going to come and support you. Like that's not the way this kind of stuff works. It, it you've there's a ton of work that goes into you know doing this kind of stuff. And unless you're just I don't know one of those people that that you know has got the Midas touch in everything that you do, or is you know super rich and you're throwing tons of money behind something like this from the very beginning, it's going to take you busting your butt to get to this point where you can. Um, have people show up to support you. And at that point, it's on you to give them anything and everything that they possibly need uh, to give them the best shot and in, in, in showing up and showing, you know, showing out, I guess uh, for lack of a better term.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we have a good core group. I'm um, working on your campaign right now. Uh Shout out to Jared bell and Nick Soselsky, the hardest Nailed name it. ever to pronounce. Cieselsky. Um And we've got a few others uh, that are joining on. We've gotten good responses from uh, some email blasts and filling out forms as to uh, who wants to volunteer for certain things. Yeah, I'll tell
1: you right now, um, you know, and and I don't know, it's for you guys, Republicans that are out there maybe tuning in too. um, Debbie Dooley said out loud the other day on a podcast, you know, I've had a conversation with her, but she is now telling everybody in November, you need to vote Libertarian. For for governor, like secretary of state, I think um, uh, the the AG position and mm-hmm. possibly even the, the the agricultural right, like th- that's
0: incredible. That's a giant statement. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, yeah that that that's something that doesn't happen every election. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hardly ever. It's not every day that Republicans start uh, publicly saying vote libertarian. Um so I'd say that, that that's a big sign of things that are happening in the culture that not everybody is aware of and not everybody can see, but it's going to show up um once once voting begins in October.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what if they think 115,000 votes last time was a big deal, like they're going to be really pissed this time. Like it's going to be a I mean, Brian Kemp is going to be embarrassed. He's going to be absolutely embarrassed. And the thing is is, you know, at, at the end of the day like I, I hope people just kind of realize it, it's all illegitimate. Like, I hope that that's the message at the end of this whole thing. It's just like the, the dominion voting machines, the way they do this, what Stacy does with uh, what fair fight and all that kind of stuff is just, it's all nonsense, right? Like they don't want mm-hmm. us on, on the ballots. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, what the funny thing is, is Debbie's got some pretty high hopes of 20% for libertarians. Right. And she said this, you know, the other day she said, if you guys get 20%, you guys are on all ballots across the state, up and down the ballot. So you're not just running for statewide races. And I was just like, "Whoa, yeah, that's a that's that's a jump, man." Because I was hoping eh, let's 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 aim for ten percent this time, right? Like we got a little more name recognition and all that kind of stuff. But if we've got like big organizations like uh, the Tea Party and other organizations coming in from even the Democratic side, man, that is a giant proposition for what we're doing.
0: Nice. Yeah, I know for a fact we're getting some democrats switching over as well cuz I know some of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's talk about your campaign messaging for a bit. Sure. It's uh, literally on your t-shirt. Uh, it's on <laughs> we got Bitcoin, something Cannabis. about drugs. <laughs> guns, Drug, guns and nuclear baby. And nuclear. Um, let's let's start with nuclear and work our way over that way we can talk about Bitcoin for a while.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, the, the grid, not only in the United States, but obviously here in Georgia, Georgia is part of the Eastern grid in the United States. There's three grids and, um, one of them is Texas alone. The other one's everything West of the Mississippi. It's archaic. Uh, it, we've got, we've got a really terrible system right now. Um, on the other side is, you know, energy is not cheap right now with inflation, um, with the slowdown of all of the the oil around the planet being refined, everything else, like it makes things expensive. When energy is cheap, humans uh, flourish because they have the energy to do what they need to do, whether it is live their lives, go to work, production, you name it. Cheap energy makes living expenses cheaper. So if we can create cheaper energy through nuclear, which is really about the most sustainable clean energy on the planet and let's i know people are scared of this so maybe we can talk about it a little
0: bit well people are just scared of the name yeah That's people
1: it. yeah the advancements that have been made in nuclear energy up till 2022 are absolutely unbelievable so there are small um, nuclear uh, companies out there and i say small nuclear companies what they do is they create small nuclear plants that are portable uh, about the size of a, of, of a bus or two and those things can be up and running in a neighborhood or in a in a bad situation. Like, let's just say a hurricane comes through or something and mm-hmm. you need to create uh, power for a community and get it back up. Uh, these small nuclear uh, facilities that can are mobile can be moved around just for those reasons. So there's no reason on Earth that we shouldn't be taking advantage of this and, and decentralizing power. Uh, down to possibly neighborhood-sized units where the people that use it pay for it and it's super cheap. Uh, we can run you know, not only our homes and our businesses and, and cars off of it, but now what we're looking at is running industry off of it as well. And when we can do all of these things, um, you know, we've got a path uh, to a, a much stronger, stable, Society, And I don't think that, you know, people like Brian Kemp or Stacey Abrams uh, is entertaining anything uh, along those lines whatsoever. Not to mention, I don't think they have the backbone to stand up to the IAEA, the International Atomic uh, Association, I think, or whatever it is, um, that will want to invade our our state. Uh, and say you can do this or you can't do this because those guys are co-opted by the people that own giant energy companies. So it's a matter of kind of giving the middle finger uh, to the giant energy corporations out there, putting nuclear on where we can, going... And I'll, and I'll say this, you know, it's in all of the above. Like if, if we can be up here in the North Georgia mountains where we can create more clean hydro type of you know energy, great. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can do it with nuclear, um, you know, down south further... Amazing, but it's time to start thinking about how do we make energy extremely cheap um, so that we can be a prosperous, stable civilization going forward.
0: Yeah, and that's something people don't really take into consideration is um, they pretty much only think of energy as like what powers your home. Whereas for this particular for nuclear, um, and I guess everything right now, actually, it like. It spans way more than just powering your home. Um, it, for those of us who have electric cars, it charges our cars. It, it, it influences your life so much that you just don't even realize how much it is. Um, for I read a study the other day that said nuclear power is thirty to forty times cleaner than solar or wind. Um, and there's actually a whole bunch of information out there on why solar energy um is not the ideal solution um that in fact nuclear and hydro are much more effective because they run 24 7 whereas solar you have to store it wind you have to store it and the wind has to be going um and uh obviously you know if we can get away from coal natural gas all that that'd be great but uh people pushing like only solar and only wind are not looking at the big picture or just lying to you outright
1: yeah um and, and then to, to your point with with the energy sources that create dc energy versus ac energy you know this is, this is a big thing right so nuclear creates uh ac energy as does hydro uh natural gas anything petroleum-based or, or carbon-based is going to to create uh ac power whereas your wind power, your solar power, and, and even sometimes uh, your, your hydro power at sea is is all DC, which means it has to be stored in, in a battery, which means it's got to be dug up from the earth somewhere where you're going to disturb a natural habitat, uh, most likely. Then you're going to have to probably use petrol uh, type of machinery to extract it, to clean it up, to get it to market. And we're not talking like small machinery, we're talking gigantic machinery that runs on uh, petrol. Uh, the, The Kind of the eye pencil experiment here, right? Now you're talking about not only the wind or energy source like a solar panel, uh, being created and manufactured and, and the quote you know the quote unquote, uh you know footprint the carbon footprint that it creates uh just doing those things but now you're storing it somewhere in these giant batteries and w- you know when you when you kind of take a look at this and then the, the the maintenance on top of it where you're doing uh, maintenance on you know giant windmills you're doing it with giant cranes. You're doing it with giant petrol trucks. You're, you know, and the thing is, is I think you know, in terms of how long they last, uh, you know, being from Michigan, there's a lot of windmills in Michigan, and these things get changed out every five to ten years. So to look at the footprint of what it costs to take something from uh, the earth, create it, manufacture it, get it online, the carbon footprint is absolutely huge compared to extracting it out of the earth putting it through a refinery and taking it to the market right and i mean you know i think we also got to start looking at at the idea that carbon isn't a bad thing we're carbon-based life forms right like i don't want pollution i don't want bad air quality and all that other kind of stuff but we Mm -hmm. need to start looking at the creation of energy is is exactly what we need you know to do as best as possible but at the end of the day you know carbon dioxide is plant food people like when when we look at earth you know possibly warming up like i'm kind of excited to see what's underneath the antarctica you know ice sheet right like i don't really you know florida's florida you know i they if they covered that place up with some water <laughs> <you know. laughs> but it's not happening right and um i guess i probably sh- should shut up on on this rant but it, it, at the same time it's just there are, there's so much extra that goes into creating DC type of energy versus AC type of energy that, I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're probably way better off just going with the petrol or going with the coal or the natural gas and definitely the nuclear
0: and the hydro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we could spend an entire episode just on, just on nuclear energy, but let's move on to the next one. (laughs) All right. So the next plank on your campaign is guns. What about,
1: what about guns? (laughs) Just, yes.
0: Yes. Just, just guns. Yes. Guns. Um,
1: I think, I think the the thing to to understand here is as the executive, um, I'm just going to uh, make sure that everybody understands like, as, as the executives in Georgia, you're no longer prosecuting anybody for any type of gun ownership, period. The ATF, we're going to run those guys out of Georgia, uh, first and foremost. The the NFA and every other gun law that is on the books is going to be effectively nullified uh, if I'm governor. And that's I, I think that's the most beautiful thing. Have you ever had to think of a governor just come out and be like, hey, man, um, all you peaceful people out there, own whatever guns you want. I don't care. Uh, if you're not killing people, robbing people, if you're not doing assault and 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 rape and kidnapping or vandalism, like or brandishing, like I don't care. Own whatever guns you want. You're, you know, you're a quote unquote illegal adult. Um, you know, that's the thing, is if this if this country is gonna make you sign up for a draft uh, to possibly go over and do violence against other people as a 17 or 18 year old, then you have every right in the world uh, to protect yourself, your property, your life, your rights, you name it, man. And so that's, that's my thing is I don't care what you own in terms of guns. uh, But I will issue the warning uh, that if you're doing violence to other people in any way, shape or form, oh man, the hammer (laughs) <laughs> that is going to come to you from not only your local, but your state organizations. Oh, it's going to be really, really bad for you, violent people. Like, it's going to be super bad. And that includes you if you're the government. If you're doing bad things in the government and be- hiding behind badge and blue lines and all that stuff, oh, man, it's going to be double worse. Like, right? It is, it, this is this is going to be the. Um, I, I think this is. It's going to rewrite the book on how governors approach the Second Amendment and your right to you know your life, liberty, and property.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've been talking to my wife about about uh, how I believe that cops should be prosecuted worse for hurting a civilian than a civilian for hurting a cop. Yeah.
1: That civil asset force or was, there, uh, was uh, the qualified immunity? I'm sorry, qualified, qualified immunity. immunity. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff's gone. Garbage. Sorry, <laughs> you're you're going to be under the the scrutiny and and subject to double the uh, the the punishment. I think. Love it. Um.
0: All right. Next up, cannabis. Cannabis,
1: hemp, more fuel, more materials. And here's the other thing: is like, man, there's farmers all over Georgia. This is our number one, um, number one industry is agriculture. Grow whatever you want. I'm not telling you grow hemp. I'm telling you, you have the freedom outside of the federal government now here in Georgia to grow whatever you want. If that means you want to grow hemp and you want to sell hemp, you want to, you know, put up, you know, all sorts of industry around hemp. Let's let's talk about that. You you obviously have the right. This is a plant. It's from earth. And for all the people here in the Bible Belt, uh, you can check out, I think it's Genesis 29, right? Genesis 29, all the seed of the earth are here for you. Um, This is, I think, quintessential to freedom. We've got to start looking at what nature has given us. I mean, throughout the the centuries people have utilized anything and everything they can underneath the sun that the earth will produce to create and squeak out livings on this planet uh, or to commune with a, a greater power or to, I don't know, possibly build their homes or fuel their vehicles. We have this really amazing plant that we can grow double bumper crops every year of that will support The production of biodiesel to the point where we can fuel every diesel engine on earth for the entire year and then some. So to deprive the Georgia economy, the Georgia people of this natural inheritance to where they live, this farming, this agriculture, um, these building supplies, medicine, you name it. It is. It, it's. It's like tying both of their hands behind their back and making them compete with the rest of the world, like places like Saudi Arabia or the middle, other places in the Middle East where you've got oil that literally oozes out of the ground. Right? Is like that all they got to do is go take it over to the refinery, refine it, and ship it out. And now you know they're living off of. You know, what are we paying like six damn dollars a gallon right now for for diesel, four dollars and some change, you know, four and a half dollars for for gas. Why are we doing this? Why aren't we producing all this stuff here locally? I know there's problems with biodiesel, but in in, you know, smaller batch type production, where if certain farms are making their own biodiesel, they're running their tractors, maybe they're filling it up. Because biodiesel is probably best made in smaller batches. You start to look at it like maybe it's more like brewing, right? Like, hey, you know what? These guys are actually really, really good at this in small batches, and we can start, you know, doing it here. And that's the thing is we have to start not I'm not saying we have to give Georges an advantage, but what we should do is at least take the binds off of them. Let them do all these kind of things. And, you know, for the the people that are looking at um you know this is you know kind of a a, a a clean green um you know there's nothing you can plant that's better for the environment than you know cannabis and hemp right like you can grow multiple uh crops it re uh it reintroduces nitrogen into the into the soil you can plow over a lot of the things that are just left on uh, on the field for uh sweetening the soil up i mean for you know, livestock for building materials, you name it. This is one of those things where we should absolutely, um, you know, as as a governor, I think I've put it out there, Executive Order 420. Uh, we're going to nullify all the abolition that the state and the feds have put on nature. And that's that's it. I mean, and again, if you're violating these things and you're going after people and you're part of the state or you're part of the government, going to be really tough times for you.
0: Hashtag legalize nature. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's, uh, that'd be a good one for your campaign. Um, all right. Now let's get into the big ticket item for the night, which is Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had a Bitcoin event about, I guess it was a week ago, a little over a week. Yep. Um, it was technically a crypto and Bitcoin event which I know you didn't enjoy the first word of that, but uh, <laughs> tell, tell people why Bitcoin and not crypto.
1: All right. So I, I, crypto is noise compared to Bitcoin. Um, crypto is what I think a lot of people want you looking at that are afraid of what Bitcoin is. Uh, Bitcoin is a communications protocol. It is immutable. It is decentralized. It has an open uh, ledger, which is the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, These are not synonymous with other cryptos. Most other cryptos are a lot like your central banking system, uh, where they are centralized, where a a board or a few very, um, I don't know, wealthy Whales may have a vested interest and control uh, the the code, but outside of that, they can still have a blockchain, and that blockchain can be centrally con- controlled, whereas Bitcoin never will. Bitcoin is a emancip- emancipation money. Uh, it is a cash-to-cash system that nobody outside of you and the person you want to transact with um, has any right to, any purview to. Uh, and when i guess if anybody from a state or a private you know person ever wanted to take this to, you know from you by force they can't so it destroys the incentive to force which obviously libertarians are all about so think about keeping all the money you earn all the time and only spending it on the things that you can cons- you know that you that you consent to spend them on um outside of that why bitcoin Bitcoin is a mathematical certainty. Um, in terms of what it is, uh, it is 21 million Bitcoin. It is uh, 100 million Satoshis per uh, Bitcoin, which I believe leaves us at about 21 trillion trillion. Um, at any rate, it, it scales. What's a
0: Satoshi for
1: those who do uh, A Satoshi is like a cent to a dollar. Um, where there's 100 cents to a dollar, there are 100 million Satoshis or SATs. To a Bitcoin. And this is this is a subject that I think people really need to to invest in their own learning. You need to take charge of understanding economics. What what this does in terms of the libertarian space, the Austrian space, we we talk about these things a lot within the, the, the libertarian and Austrian circles. Austrian economy is not something that I think even most libertarians understand. Um, I think there are, you know, people who are new, especially, don't understand it. But we live in a Keynesian economy and a Keynesian world, for that matter, right now, where centralization of banks have control over everything that you have ever earned. And day by day by day, they use all of these different factors to strip you of those things like inflation. So when we talk about hard money versus easy money, hard money is things like gold and silver. It is, it it is rare. It is not something that you can replicate. It is transferable from one person to another. And outside of being centralized in the banks, it is, it's actually pretty good in terms of, you know, uh, communicating value to a economic system. However, neither silver nor gold is anywhere near as hard as Bitcoin by the same Austrian principles. Um, I think it was, uh, Charles Menger, right? Uh, the Austrian economist that talked about saleability over time and space and scales that makes money hard. And obviously, he coined this term, this this understanding of hard money, um, long before Bitcoin. Really, mostly around gold and silver. Um, and when we look at the the saleability or the liquidity asset uh, aspect of uh, Bitcoin, we actually find out that it is harder than both gold and silver. So, if there's 21 million Bitcoin forever, it means it's not only inflation proof, but it's deflationary money. Just having the money it will appreciate over time. And that is a better store of your work and your contribution to the economy over time. So as you age, that contribution, that money that you received earlier than the next generation is going to age well. It is going to keep every uh, bit of energy that you put into the economy, uh, not only perfectly, but better than perfectly as uh, as it obviously... Uh, is worth more over time. Uh, the, the fact that there's only 21 million Bitcoin means that the 54 million millionaires on Earth won't actually all own a Bitcoin. That's how rare it is, and that's how early it is, how few people that really understand it. Uh, is it saleable or liquid over space? Which means, can it be transported easily from one person to another around the globe? And gold, eh, not so much. Maybe a little here and there in your pockets, but the larger the amount of gold, uh, the more security it needs, the more transport it needs, all of these things, um, and it, it it doesn't really satisfy as well the the principle of being saleable over space as Bitcoin, especially now that there's a Lightning Network, um, you can do automatic remission uh, for a remittance for uh, Bitcoin now. Um, around the globe in seconds on the lightning network so you are going peer to peer and it doesn't matter which uh denomination of currency or fiat that you're using you can go between bitcoin and fiat anywhere in the world instantaneously on the lightning network right now and there's qr codes in places like the unbanked like in uh the uh Republic of Africa uh, Central Africa uh, in El Salvador in places like I think Guatemala is going to be coming online pretty soon but around the world where people have not had the ability to have a bank or have money that's sustainable uh, that keeps its its worth they're now trading in Bitcoin and so we the fact that we can answer the two first sail over time and then space, uh, leaves scales and like we were talking about earlier being liquid over scales can this money be money for the entire population there's a lot of people who are like there's only 21 million bitcoin chain and i say yes there are only 21 million bitcoin but as most people will never own a bitcoin you have the 100 million satoshis for every bitcoin that's out there so you, can you own Satoshis? Of course you can. And when you look at the breakdown, um, I think the breakdown on Earth is if, let's just say the entire population of Earth adopted Bitcoin right now and it all averaged out. I think the average, if you ha- had everybody owning the same amount, somewhere around 4,900 um, you know, Satoshis or something like that. And I, I could be a little off of my figures, but it's it, it's not much. I think, a dollar buys about that much Satoshi right now. So to think yes. about how, you know, Bitcoin scales, like Bitcoin scales to every person on earth and the people that are early to it, man, it is going to be generational wealth um, for a very, very long time if you're smart with it.
0: Yeah. It's like discovering a gold mine um, back in the days before mining began. Yeah
1: might yeah. want to talk about about, about uh, just Keynesian mm-hmm. versus um, Austrian type of economy for a second so that they understand a little bit more, maybe.
0: I'm a fan of that. Um, <laughs> it might also put people to sleep. <laughs> um, okay, fine. Uh, no, but we can get into that for a second because that, that it, it's a huge um, difference in principles and why one works and one doesn't and why the U.S. is in the state that it is right now. Um, compared to if we were on an um Austrian model.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, dive into that real quick. I mean, really, really quick. Saving like Keynesian is a, a spending based economy versus in a debt based spending and debt based economy versus Austrian, which is a savings based economy. You know, growing up everybody's like, you gotta save for tomorrow, you know, you gotta you gotta put away this immediate gratification. You gotta you put that kind of stuff away what we call low time preference versus high time preference and this this economic model drives so much culture when we talk about things like the culture war in the united states and things like that so if you are a debt-based society you always owe the central banks whatever money you have in your bank accounts it's all debt right it's just everything that you ever had is a debt to an organization that you've never met that's pretty evil over history versus This low time preference, low time preference where if you are an Austrian, whether it's gold or silver or Bitcoin, what you're doing is you're putting away what you've earned today for tomorrow so that when you need something, when you maybe somebody needs a loan, you actually have the money to loan out. And what this low time preference does is is it stops people searching um, on how or what casinos to put their their money in to make more money or to make sure that their money doesn't decrease over time because that's what happens with the keynesian type of economies is like you're always trying to find whatever's the best way to store your wealth so it doesn't get eroded and let's face it wall street and the bailouts that have happened that's it i mean the, the, the rich get richer Yeah, right. The the people who are closer to money get richer. That doesn't happen in an Austrian economy. It's actually why Bitcoin was designed because the people that were getting fleeced got tired of being fleeced, and they said, "Hey, let's create a money that doesn't have a state. It doesn't have rulers. It is absolutely out of the control and the purview of all these people who have taken advantage of it." And I think it's you know one of the really one of the coolest things because once you begin to be more of a savings-based culture what you're now doing is introducing principles uh that have been lost or perverted through the the spending and debt economies that we have right it's like you got to spend it right now to, to 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 make sure that you get everything that it's worth so that it's not worth less tomorrow and that is obviously you know if you're saving for something for a rainy day and you've got low time preference Um, whether it's, you know, family-based, whether it's, you know, your, your neighborhood, whatever it is, um, the, the ability to save the, the energy that you've put into life to either push into tomorrow to make tomorrow easier to maybe make tomorrow somebody else's life easier is, is a giant departure from the system we're obviously in now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think what you're describing is patience have a little patience. That's just a easier word for people to understand than low time preference. Um, (laughs) High time preference is like spontaneous. Um, What's another one? Irresponsible, maybe Um, low time preference, definitely patience and like forward thinking, um, thinking into the future and preparing for that. Um, How does, how would you implement bitcoin as governor like what would you do to make that a thing here in georgia
1: so we're sitting on a spring um you know and that's the thing is this, this economy is a spring-loaded trap right now it's going to crash and it, it, it is crashing i think people have kind of seen um we've seen stocks we've seen other crypto, like quote unquote other cryptos um absolutely get destroyed um because they're not based in um and and in economic reality. So as the, as the governor of Georgia, what you have to do is come out and and tell everybody, listen, we're not going to ever, um, you know, go after anybody who creates new money, right? I don't care if you want to, if you want to mess with crypto, fine, go mess with crypto. Um, but we're not going to set up any type of legal system that, will go after Bitcoin miners. We're not gonna go after anybody that's trading in Bitcoin. We're not gonna go after anybody who's investing in Bitcoin. We're not gonna, we're not going to uh, use the executive office in any way whatsoever that either uh, encroaches or destroys your ability to trade in whatever currency you wanna trade in. Because obviously as libertarians, we think that you first and foremost should be making all of your decisions from a consentful place and and outside of that that the market breeds the best competition so that you get the best product at the lowest prices and at the end of the day i mean if we've got you know the separation of uh, of you know money and state that's what we're looking for we don't want control from the governor's office or from a federal um, you know bureaucracy uh, or an international banking cabal for that matter telling us how we have to transact with each other, right? And that's that's basically, as the governor, you just create an environment that's free so that people can transact whichever way they wanna transact.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as So we were talking about, I remember when I, I was up at your place last time with uh, the rest of your campaign team, we were talking about how Bitcoin might be effect, an effective, payment method within the government and basically to set up um verified accounts bitcoin accounts um for each uh government employee um government whatever uh branch whatever it is a uh, department um, so that you that anybody in the public can go and see where all the money goes um is that something that you would be interested in actually implementing? Yeah.
1: F- f- first, of mo- I think we're going to have a lot less government employees uh, and a lot less bureaucratic departments. I think it's. I think being able to track every um, expenditure and every um, you know satoshi or dollar received is is you know one of the things that needs to be on the forefront for people who are funding government. Now, I will say that I think the best way to do this is to create, um, you know, accounts where the public doesn't, isn't forced and coerced into funding them, but is more of a direct type of, you know, uh, I guess we'll fund this type of thing. And, you know, I I obviously kind of have done some research on this um, in the past in Europe, they set up these, uh, you know, these government organizations that were, funded through kind of quote-unquote a direct democracy where people would either pay for the ones they thought that they really needed or or not and about 99 times out of 100 the people were like nah I don't think we're gonna pay for those kind of things so I think it's a really cool experiment to to see you know exactly um, what people will pay for and what people will not pay for and then obviously unleash the private sector to compete with the quote unquote, uh, government public sector. And I think that's really where you find the, you know, efficiencies and give people, or I say give people, that's a terrible way. It's a government indoctrination. I swear it's, um, it's, it's leaving people alone with the fruits of their labor to, to, to make sure that we're not taking their money, to make sure that we are protecting their life, liberty, and property, uh, and scaling back the government to really, um, I don't know, su- such a, a a tiny point that I hope people realize that they can do much better things um, and more cooperative things and consensual uh, w- without government.
0: I love that. Um, for those of you who don't know much about Bitcoin, haven't dabbled in it, haven't really... Uh, tried to seek out any information on it. There is a wealth of information out there. Um, we're going to keep talking about it here for a little while, but, uh, it is definitely something I would highly recommend looking into. Um, I don't recommend as I'm sure Shane wouldn't, uh, getting into any crypto that isn't Bitcoin, which I know they're completely different things. Bitcoin is not crypto. Crypto, in my opinion, is basically just stocks. Um, it's, it's just a like, it's just a company that put out a cryptocurrency that does other things to make that crypto valuable. Um, and once that company goes under, so does the stock, um, and then you're left with nothing. So, um, I'd say crypto in general is more of a stock market and Bitcoin is more of a store of value for the future, um, future currency. Um, yeah. Should we talk a little bit maybe about the basics of, of Bitcoin and how to get into it, maybe? How to acquire Bitcoin? Yeah, maybe that.
1: Sure. Um, I'll tell you, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of not doing it through the normal exchanges like Coinbase and the rest of those places that are giant exchanges that you hear about um, that are leveraged and sell other, um, uh, not, other cryptos. <laughs> right? You know what I was about to say. Yeah. Um, Man, I, I'm really good at this. So <laughs> when when I when I look at these things, uh, first thing you need to know if you're going to get into Bitcoin is this phrase that is: if it's not your keys, it's not your Bitcoin. Um, when I say that, I mean if you are buying Bitcoin through an exchange, it's just like going out and buying gold in a Roth IRA, right? It's if you can't if you can't touch it. It's not yours. So there are devices that, you know, kind of look like a USB drive somewhere. Um, that's where Jake keeps his right there in the drawer. If you know where he lives. This is um, an old
0: one. So <laughs> but this is basically what it looks like. Yeah. It's a, um,
1: it looks like a thumb drive.
0: Yeah. It's uh, let's see. Well, oh, it's not going to focus on. on it. Focus.
1: focus. Yeah. It's, uh, there it
0: is. How about that? Yeah ledger, ledger upside is a down. great company uh, i a great really company.
1: recommend the the nano what is it the s that doesn't have the bluetooth
0: yeah this is the s it uh, you, the only way to interact with it is to plug it into your computer
1: that's right so um, obviously you're 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 cutting down on the the threat avenues so if you want to buy uh, bitcoin you can go through exchanges but what you need to do is get your Bitcoin off of the exchange immediately. One place I would definitely recommend checking out, um, not only because uh, no matter if your uh, Bitcoin is on their exchange or not, the only thing they deal in is Bitcoin, and that is Swan Bitcoin. They are an absolute great group of guys, uh, and girls for that matter, uh, just a, a, a an amazing organization that I know a lot of the people in. Um, and you can not only, Obviously, buy Bitcoin, but you can uh, push it off into your cold wallet, that Ledger Nano S. And once you get to that point, those are yours. You need to have a uh, probably a a, a seed word backup somewhere, uh, which is a physical piece of either steel or titanium that is punched with your seed words. And you'll learn all of this kind of stuff. But also on Swan is what they call Canon. Um, the basics of understanding of what Bitcoin is, how to, to, to buy it and store it effectively, and um, really to get you started down this uh, this path, this understanding of not only Bitcoin, but Austrian economics. And it's a beautiful thing, you when you start learning and taking charge of your own money, be, you become your own bank with Bitcoin. And um, you know, the, the, the guys like uh, I don't know, Warren Buffett. And uh, Bill Gates and the rest of these guys that are so, you know, highly leveraged and invested in fiat don't want you to do anything with this kind of stuff. And they've talked about what's funny is they've talked about for a long time the amount of people that are going to be put out of work by technology. Well, the bankers and the stock market and the hedge fund managers and the rest of these guys who have made a living ripping people off. Uh, from their money, their IRAs, their insurance, you name it. This is all going to change because you are going to become your own bank uh, with Bitcoin. And I think that's probably one of the most uh, glory, uh, you know, glorifying pieces about it. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, if you understand money and you understand your money and nobody can take it and it is locked up, man, what an amazing, um, you know, what an amazing interaction in, 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 in terms of a progression in the human species. And I, I don't say this lightly as I really think like Bitcoin is one of those inventions that is going to propel the human species, much like fire or the wheel or electricity, like the internet. I mean, it is way, way, way up there in terms of contributions to the human species.
0: Oh, heck yeah. Um, and you're talking about Uh, use it as a store of wealth, um, for the future. And, uh, when it is in your wallet, you know, your keys, your Bitcoin, um, comparing that to, okay, let's say you're looking at your wallet. Okay. You're looking at the digital readout of your wallet. It tells you exactly how many Bitcoin you have. Those are, those Bitcoin are in your wallet. Like they're in there and no one can touch them. No one can do anything with them. They're there. They're yours. When you're looking at your bank account, and it says a certain number, none of those dollars are actually in your bank account. They're just numbers on a screen that were printed, typed, well, whatever.
1: Let's <laughs> let's let's make it more simple. Okay. Right the the U S uh, the U S dollar, the U S Treasury, and the Federal Reserve. Uh, really kind of came up with the first crypto. The first crypto being the U.S. dollar. It is basically a digital dollar. I think maybe less than one-third of the of the dollars that are, quote-unquote, um, in existence are actually physical. And maybe far less than that, actually. So if you if you really want to understand what crypto is, the U.S. dollar is crypto. The U.S. dollar is essentially controlled, backed by nothing, um, you know, whether digitized or you know worthless paper, it is is really kind of the first crypto, and so um, you know it is not a distributed ledger. It's never been audited. You can't see who the players are in any of it, right? And the the the, the, the tomfoolery <laughs> that, that goes on with with market manipulation. Um, yeah, that bank account that you have. Wait till they go to CBDCs, central bank digital dollar or CBDCs. Central Bank Digital Currency, when they flip the switch, and they will, they'll just flip the switch one night, um, and they may even do it at a, at a global level where they say, "Ha, ah, man, America didn't manage their debt very well. And so because they didn't manage their debt very well, and they sent the entire world into a tizzy when their economy collapsed, this power cannot be left with countries anymore. It has to be with the global elite bankers right like this is something that i think is extremely possible and as soon as that happens the 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 social credit score that you guys have that is very much functioning and alive in in china is very much alive behind the scenes here in america thanks to things like social media So is whoever you're associating with, whatever you're doing online, everything else, man, you've already got a social credit score. And when they flip that switch on your bank account and they say, hey, listen, uh, yeah, for now, that's still all your money, but you can't spend it on some things, travel, weapons. Um, maybe some food because maybe you're you're overweight maybe you're diabetic maybe you know you've got health concerns maybe you know whatever it is they don't like about you now here's the other thing is maybe you're not such a bad person but maybe you associate with bad people oh man well, now your social credit score is going to tank as well and they're gonna start restricting you on a <laughs> number of things in your life and what you can and cannot spend money this is going to happen um, and, and that's the thing is, Um, Jerome Powell, who is the Fed chair has already come out and said, we are ramping this up into, uh, basically hyperdrive right now. The white paper is out and we're studying what a crypto U S dollar would do. Well, Hey guys, newsflash. It's already a crypto dollar. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean he announced all this last week. Everybody
1: the, the 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 amazingly bad news all at once, but it's kind of we're we're already there people. It's, it's what what are you going to do about it? You got a little bit of time left to where before they flip the switch that you can get your dollars into a very very hard asset.
0: Yeah. I mean he he was talking about that about 10 days ago. Yep. Uh, they released the white paper, they started looking into it and uh yeah, I mean it this topic gets me super fired up and I could go off on like 15 different tangents and I want to but I think we should stay focused on Bitcoin um, maybe a few more minutes because I know you have another show to do tonight on Fox um, I don't know what other what other stuff do you want to talk about with Bitcoin um, what, what, do, what do people need to know I, I think
1: one of the the things that uh, probably wrap up with and I think this is probably the the coolest, aspect of the Bitcoin family and I say family because I didn't realize what it was in, until I actually met the people who were in the the, the the industry the the knowledge the the people who are absolutely changing the game um, I I went down to Miami this year for the Bitcoin conference and the Bitcoin conference is is host to not only Bitcoin but also a bunch of other cryptos and I think this is their advantage is you won't see the Bitcoin community show up at crypto conferences. You'll see the crypto community show up at Bitcoin conferences and kind of the difference differences in, in terms of culture. If you look at crypto, a lot of times what you see is, you know, this casino, this place where people want to get rich. They want to bet their money and they want the Lambos and they want the strippers and they want the drugs and, you know, all, all the things that low or i should say high time preference people um are doing already uh they are they're they're pushing the limit they are they're trying to find what's hot now and they're going to you know make make that money and be done with you know the the, the 9 to 5 part of life they're going to live big from now on versus the bitcoin community the bitcoin community is not the lambos it's not the mansions it's not the ridiculous parties and boats and 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 I don't know, just just all the the high time preference nonsense that goes on with the rest of the cryptos. This this Bitcoin community is extremely smart. It's extremely young, and it sees the future through savings, and it sees it through helping others understand what it is, so that it can grow, so that the market cap grows, so that sooner than later we hit what's bit, what's called Bitcoin. Uh, uh, Hypernization, right? So, or, or Bitcoin, hyper Bitcoinization, and when they get people in that space and they help them understand, hey, n- not your keys, not your Bitcoin. Let's do this safely. Let's do this responsibly. Don't put in more than you can possibly see. You know, take a forty or fifty, you know, percent um, decrease, right? Like we're not here to withdraw our Bitcoin for for useless fiat money. We're here to stack generational wealth for the future. But we're here to take it out of this gigantic Ponzi scheme that is the Fed. It's a, it's such a, a family environment that, I mean, the, the, the guys that I knew from Twitter spaces, Cafe Bitcoin, which is run by Swan Bitcoin, the guys from Toxic Happy Hour, and a whole bunch of the other spaces on Twitter, that people get together and they talk and they go through you know, not only the cultural side of this, the economic side of this, the security side of this, all of the aspects that you can so that people are are very aware and up to speed on what the latest changes in the community are, what the latest you know uh, industry is doing, how to get out of your fiat job and possibly into a Bitcoin job so that you can join the Bitcoin economy and really emancipate yourself. Uh, from what's going on uh, in the, the in the fiat economy, so like I said, the difference is you know, kind of the individuals in it to get rich quick versus this you know family community that's there to teach, that's there to bring you in and help you understand so that you can take care of you know your 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 production in this contribution to the world in a very very safe. Um, way that's responsible it's 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 an amazing community that's just i mean honestly it was like what i imagine um woodstock would have been without the mud and the muck and the public fornication and like just, like it there was, had to
0: be some of that in miami though Yeah,
1: further down on south beach out out there but like this part of it man just absolutely amazing community full of family
0: That's awesome. Well, folks, um, if you have any other Bitcoin-related questions or just questions about Shane's campaign, you can contact uh, me at podcast at lpgeorgia.com or you can contact Shane. Shane, tell them where to hit you up.
1: Uh, ShaneHazel.com or RadicalPod.com. You can go there. You can see all the shows. You can see the governor's page for now. You can see some merch. Uh, You can see the Helios project there. Um, but you can hit me up at shane at shanehazel.com as well. If you got questions, if you want to get, uh, you know, looped in with this amazing ride that we're taking right now uh, and, and this push for liberties that, uh, you know, Jake, I am tickled to death to see you got a podcast and, and up and running, man, I'm going to have to have you on mine so that we can blow it up a little bit here in Georgia. Um, but man, uh, really I'm, I'm humbled uh, to be, your second show your first guest what a what a cool experience that uh to to kind of see all this grow man if you guys like i said you you need anything you you know where to to, i guess yeah you know exactly where to go don't tell anybody (laughs) well
0: i appreciate that um i thought having you on second um second episode would be great because only place to go from there is up (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) All right, folks, we're going to end it right there. This has been the Free Georgia Podcast. Make sure to tune in next week. See ya. (laughs)